Hello, players who, due to scheduling conflicts, haven't played D&D in a month and a half. And DMs who create so many NPCs that they can't wait to play as a player, but will never actually get there because, like all other DMs, you are stuck in an endless loop forever. Always. Welcome back to Table Talk. I'm Maddie. And I'm Robert. What are we doing today, Robert? Uh, we are on our 20th episode. Uh, so we are doing something a little special. Um, we, we've done a, a one instance of kind of a, an actual play for our... An almost play. Yeah, an almost play for <laughs> our How Combat Works, where I ran like a quarter of a quarter of um, one little piece of a one-shot that I found online. Mm-hmm. Um, I did mention the name of that. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but if you all go back and listen to the episode, Shout Out Table Talk, uh, you'll be able to figure out what that is. Woo! So today, um, we are going to get through as much of a one-shot out of a book that was gifted to me for my birthday by one of my wonderful players and roommates called The Game Master's Book of Traps, Puzzles, and Dungeons by Jeff Ashworth. It has three one-shot adventures, um, a ridiculous amount of traps, puzzles, dungeons, just like the name suggests, uh, that are all fantastic. And so today, uh, and probably another episode, because I doubt we'll be able to make it all the way through this one-shot, we are going to go through The Spire and the Scab, an adventure by Jasmine, Bolhar, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, suitable for levels one through five. Who knows? Maybe it's going to end on a cliffhanger because this is the season finale of season one of Table Talk. You've stayed with us, hopefully, uh, for 20 episodes now. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Season two is going to be super, super exciting. We're going to be starting that process soon, and we've got some really, really fun surprises and new things in store. So I can't wait for you all to be able to listen and tune into that. Wonderful. Are we ready to hop into things? I think so. Fantastic. Uh, I'll do a little bit of landscape narration to kind of bring everybody back into scene. Um, previous to this, just so everyone's kind of on the same page as us, I did read some of the background and the adventure information out mm-hmm. loud just so that Madison would be a little bit more um, on my level in terms of information just because it helps going into a one-shot knowing a little bit more. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're like an established party or if this is just like something you're inserting into a campaign for like a fun session... It's usually a little easier to walk into things blind, but because we're just kind of hopping in, she knows a little bit more about the background of the one shot than you all will know. Um, But regardless, we're going to play it like we normally would. And like we've mentioned before, when talking to your DM, when you're making a character to play in something, uh, that's something that's pretty important. And with a one shot... um, and a one shot of this nature uh, that doesn't really exist. Like this wasn't a character who was made for this specific world mm-hmm. or with this world in mind. So that is why uh, I kind of cheated and was like, hey, what setting are we in? Because I don't want to take like all combat spells if we're going to be in a city where I don't need to use any of those or in it, like there's not going to be any mm-hmm. combat or I Do don't want to take campfire. Yeah. Am I going to have to be able to like rough it in the woods or are we yeah. going to be in a city and that kind of information? Yeah. So part of our, sort of um, pre-recording conversation then was figuring out what exactly she would need as a player. Um, but because it's difficult to get through a one-shot as an individual player, I will technically be joining her as um, uh, like a primary NPC. Um, so I will be both DM and kind of like a, a co-player just so that way we can get through the one-shot in a slightly more timely manner. Um, so I will be bouncing back and forth and having conversations with myself, but I'll probably put most yeah. of the conversating on Madison so I don't have to do that. Because I don't like doing that. Listen, Sparrow's a 20 charisma, so she'll be the face of the party anyway. Eva's got eight. Eight? She's got eight. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got pretty great stats all around the board. She's got a 16 strength, 15 dexterity, 14 constitution, 12 intelligence, 10 wisdom. Well, if we're bragging about our stats, uh, Sparrow, who is the character, both of these characters are the ones we made during the character sheets and shit. Um, Example, by the way, uh, I'm working with a 12 in strength, a 14 in dex, a 13 in constitution, a 15 in intelligence, a 13 in wisdom, and a 20 in charisma. These are level Fucking three characters. Insanity, dude. Absolutely uh, She's insane. pretty well-rounded, all she things is. considered. That's crazy. A thir- yeah, nothing below a 13. Or a 12, yeah. nothing below a 12. Yeah. That's wild. I rolled really well. Yeah, no, Eva's. Um, so oh, it's because we did point by for yours. Yeah, <laughs> we did the significantly <laughs> shittier option <laughs> for Eva, which is why I have a fucking eight, because uh, I placed oh. that in a place where I knew I was going to have a pretty negative charisma modifier. So it'll also help to give you all some background on the characters we're playing. <clears throat> it would be much easier to just tell you all to go watch the other episode of Table Talk. You totally should. It's a really shit, cool podcast. Where we do a martial character build and a magical character build. Um, but I'll go ahead and give a little bit of background on the character that I'll be playing. Uh, her name is Eva. She's a female Goliath. Um, she's young-ish. Goliaths are kind of aged in a similar-ish way to humans, so think of her kind of like in her um, early to mid-20s. Mm-hmm. She is a little bit more human-looking than a lot of the others. She has a more military um, background, so kind of like a, an army-ish background sort of deal, and she is on the run from her uh, sort of previous homeland, after straight up assassinating um, a military opponent who she greatly disagreed with and believed to be a liar. Uh, she uses a bow and arrow. That's her primary thing, because she is made to mimic Abby from The Last of Us 2, who is primarily ranged combat. Uh, and I'm going to be playing Sparrow. Uh, she is a tiefling, bloodline of Asmodeus, a wild magic sorcerer. Um, she is a very Robin Hood type character, uh, hence the name Sparrow. Um, very, a, like, never tell me the odds, like, I'm trying to channel my best Han Solo here, um, steals from the rich, gives to the poor, pickpocket, uh, straight mm-hmm. up criminal, kleptomaniac, all those good kleptomaniac things. Kleptomaniac is um, crazy. <laughs> stole something, uh, and definitely wants to steal it back, and someone is 100% in prison for a crime that she committed, so she is also kind of on the lam, on the run. Uh, causing problems. She is adorable. She has pink skin and black hair and is very, very colorful in her clothes and has like a bunch of tattoos and stuff uh, and big old horns. Yeah, I guess if we're doing physical descriptions, Eva, um, I used being art generator and I kept putting in Abby from The Last of Us but as a Goliath and it only knows that Ellie exists. <laughs> uh, who's the other female protagonist? So I have a very Ellie-looking Goliath. Um, she is blue in the face. She's got the traditional sort of black Goliath marks, almost look like streaking mascara under her eyes. Um, she's also got two large horns that kind of curl up. She's got a top knot uh, and is wearing more kind of like military winter-y garb. And her skin pattern is very much like Avatar, like Blue People Avatar, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. You had to sneak I it in there I fucking love that goddamn sci-fi <laughs> series, man. One of my favorite of all time. But anyways, uh, that's what Eba looks like. And the name is just Abby backwards. Yeah, we're so creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't put a whole lot into that. We got like really like, uh, oh, I just can't get over the difference in fucking it. point by versus roll. Yeah, point That's, by versus roll is crazy. Like, there's no reason for you to ever do point by. <laughs> like, I mean, if you do point by and you cheat it, and you give yourself more points than you should. No, I guess that's valid. I guess depending on how strict your DM is during your character creation process, you yeah. could also roll fucking terrible. Oh, 
For fucking sure. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to go ahead and hop into the one shot. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit of environmental narration. Um, Jesus, it's kind of hard to just go from podcasting mode into like narration. Uh, so Eba and Sparrow uh, are sort of walking through a wintry storm. Um, we, didn't, we didn't really establish before this how they met or why they're traveling together other than they're both kind of on the run. Yeah. So we just kind of assumed that it was probably a mutual, hey, you're running from the law, so am I. They met in a prison cell. Uh, they were both thrown into the same prison cell in some random town. Mm-hmm. And are both just trying to get as way as far away as possible from wherever point A was. So yeah. uh, they're stopping in this little... Appalachian um, ski mountain town, very like shout out yeah, Appalachia, shout like kind of like Gallenbergy. Yes. If any of you have been there, know what Gallenberg is like. So this is more of like uh, medievally fantasy kind of Gatlinburg kind of town. Um, so yeah, Eba uh, and Sparrow are walking through this uh, sort of bad wintry mix, very similar to what we're experiencing all over the U.S. right now, huh. um, and happen upon this. Uh, sort of picturesque, Appalachian-y, fantasy-looking town. It has a large, sort of dark, ominous-looking spire uh, made out of solid purple crystal off in the distance uh, with three large buildings, one of which has this giant um, cheese wheel like made out of some sort of like bronze gold on the top, uh, and it says, oh, what is the name of it? I just had it. There's literally a name. It's a fondue place. Oh, the melting, the melted muse, the melted muse. So it's like a melted cheese wheel. They're famous for fondue, Um, and so that (laughs) is like that is like the McDonald's M, like the beacon in the middle of the light is just this giant melted bronze wheel. Along what I'm envisioning is like (laughs) the fantasy equivalent of like the highway, and are like exit here. There's yeah, food. Pretty much. Just cool. like this giant wooden sign that's kind of rickety that has like golded painted letters that says the Melted Muse, best fondue you've never had. <laughs> a fondue place is fucking crazy. <laughs> and the middle of fucking nowhere in the fantasy is crazy. Just like somewhere on the Sword Coast, there's just a fucking fondue place. I love that so much. Yeah, cool beans. Um... Wonderful. What does, well, what do Sparrow and Eva do? I'll go and let you take the lead and then play off of you. Um, I guess because once again, in my head, this is like just, it's fucking stretch, like dirt road highway. Uh-huh. And then you just see in the off distance. In the lights. Fucking melted Sparkling cheese. Sparkling melted like, cheese. Okay. Well, I have been walking <laughs> for too goddamn long. So uh, I'm saying we take a detour. I would agree. Cool. Glad we're on the same page. Um, Have you ever seen a bronze cheese wheel? A what? Bronze cheese wheel. And then like points to the large cheese wheel. It's like (laughs) melted on the top of the building. No, you know, I don't think I have. I'm honestly quite confused because I expected there to be like an inn or something. I Uh, think that might be the inn. That's cheese, Eba. Well, you eat cheese in inn, no? I mean, I suppose you could, but... So let's go see if they okay. have cheese. All righty. Cheese and in. All righty, let's go get some fucking Wonderful. cheese, I Eden guess. and Sparrow are off. Um, as you approach the Melted Muse, it says sort of very proudly in large, uh, again, like almost painted gold bronze letters, like trying mm-hmm. to look a lot more fancy than it actually is. Um, you stay, I'm just going to read the description for the book because I don't want to short the book itself in terms of the, the pretty verbiage it gives us. Uh, you, sta- you all stand at the, the entrance to the Melted Muse, Valnoia, 
or it says, uh, the Melted Muse, famous fondue restaurant of Valnoia, uh, famed fondue pub, known far and wide for its massive cauldron of piping hot cheese. The sound of merriment floating through the emerald green doors, which have been thrown open in the spirit of hospitality, filling the street with the alluring smell of freshly melted cheese. Oh, Lord, that is certainly a scent. Jeez! Fucking Eva just, like, yells cheese, throws caution to the wind, and, like, dashes forward. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> towering, gonna run after. Towering over this tavern is the town's most pristine building, a record hall known as the Scalarium. It's glass-domed roof glimmering in... Well, it's not sunlight, because I said it in the evening, but what the fuck ever. Uh, even here, on the highest hill in town, the fog weakly clings around your ankles from cascading, uh, cascading down the cobbling streets and flooding the stone workhouses below as it billows into the valley. You can barely make out the tops of the tallest conifers defiantly towering above the ethereal sea of fog, standing boldly against the line of mountains behind. Pretty picturesque. Pretty picturesque indeed. See if there's anything else in this absolutely beautiful description that is useful for this. I'll say, can I do a perception check? Give me a perception check. Evil will go ahead and give uh, do oh, a perception check as well. Yes, that was a well. I rolled an eighteen. Let's see what I add. oh I had a one to my perception because I'm dumb as shit. <laughs> a nineteen. Uh, I got a sixteen. I think. No, no, no. She's perceptive. I had a two because I took perception as a um, it's a proficiency. So I got a seventeen. You got a nineteen. Yes. Wonderful. Um. Oh, this is important. So right as you are about to uh, sort of take in your surroundings, right at, before Eva and Sparrow begin looking around, before jumping straight forward into the doors wide open, melted cheese, melted muse. Mm-hmm. Um. As you begin to put two and two together, you feel it. The ground begins to shudder beneath your feet. With a stomach-churning groan, you start to see the beginnings of a crack forming between the cobblestones neatly aligned ahead of you. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so, perfect time for that perception check. Uh, the large, a, a um, localized, what appears to be a localized earthquake, uh, is now beginning to impact the entire town. Um, and on a 17 and a 19, both Eva and Sparrow noticed that the large wooden sign that says the Melted Muse, uh, we are fondueing it. <laughs> oh my God. Is how, a... how the fuck did you leave that out? I just now read it. Uh, is about to collapse on an oblivious tourist who's looking around the town. Uh, a number of fire guard are also trying to direct people away from the buildings, which are rapidly beginning to fall to pieces. Uh, and the glass dome roof of the Scalarium opens, releasing an ornate, what the fuck, magenta and gold-gilded zeppelin into the air, the words imperious, emblazoned on the side. Fucking But it is soon me? striked by a falling tree, limiting its flight. Oh, Jesus Christ. Did you say there was a passerby under the sun that's Yeah, there was fall? a passerby under the... The fucking the melted muse we're fond doing well, it. Well, I would love to swing over and grab the person that's about to fall and slide like do like a really cool like slide out of the way, pull him out of the way. Wonderful. Um, let's see if there's any particular check for this. All right, uh, just give me a <coughs> give me an athletics check. <laughs> yeah, because I'm so good at those. Or dexterity, whichever one you prefer. Uh. I'm gonna use. Hang on, I've got fucking something because I rolled. About to a, shove you out of the way. I rolled a nat one. Um, Holy but I, shit! But I'm gonna go ahead and use my tides of chaos, which I get from Wild Magic That's Sorcerer. Crazy. So I can gain advantage on an attack roll, ability check, or saving <laughs> throw. Holy shit, dude! Because Jesus Christ. 
Oh my, are you shitting me? You rolled another nat one. I rolled another nat one. I'm gonna roll a perception check on behalf of Eva to see if she knows. What does this look like? Is you? Oh my god! <laughs> I think as Sparrow goes to like bolt after this person. I think Sparrow starts running, and then the heel of her shoe gets like caught and in the, the ground. And yeah. fucking, she like goes down. Like one heel is down. Mm-hmm. She's definitely wearing heel boots. Two nat ones practical. is crazy. And so she's like stumbling and hobbling, and then the other one fucking breaks. And she at this point, two nat ones. Eba's gonna, so I just rolled perception on behalf of Eba to notice, to see if she's gonna notice your stumble. She does. Uh, so she's it's gonna. It's two nat ones. I think sh- I die. She's gonna roll an athletics check to see if she can sort of shove ahead of you. She has a plus five to athletics, so. Jesus. I'm gonna just, not gonna I'm help just me? call it DC 10. What What is helping you in this instance gonna do? I Well, I got two nat ones. I feel like I'm about to eat shit. Cool. She got exactly a 10. So um, Eba, seeing you get your heel caught in the cobblestone. Uh, Sort of walkway that Two is nat ones just is fucking crazy. Opened up. I'm gonna roll a d4 um, for bludgeoning damage. Yeah. I'm Sparrow hurt. eats shit. Just one. You take one. You take one bludgeoning damage. Okay. Uh, Eba strides ahead. Her like six foot five lanky Goliath self military training fully kicks in and sees a civilian in danger uh, and just like tackles this person to the ground. She's like easily two heads taller than this person, so it looks like she's just like tackling a like a small child. <laughs> Fully normal sized person as she just like decks her to the ground uh, and the sign falls, doesn't hit anybody. Sparrow is fucking face down in the cobblestone. Funny you should say that. I'm going to roll a d6 to see what else is happening in town. Four. What the fuck is a conifer? Do you know what a conifer is? Uh, let me look that up. Can you, yeah, can you Google I know what a conifer that word. is? I don't know what the fuck a conifer is. I've How do you never spell seen it? C O N I F E R. Okay, so I was right. Well, it's a conifers are a plant. It says a towering conifer. Yeah. Oh, it's a tree. Oh, trees. I was about to say conifer. It's a. It's kind of like a. Um, it's an evergreen tree. It's one of these. Oh, it's so like, we're in a like, mountain town. If we're in like the pine tree kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um, a towering conifer. Uh, begins to begins crack. to crack uh, with a sounding smack as the be sort of as the bottom just fully begins to splinter and begins to fall towards the pony stables beneath it. There's fucking ponies here. A single groom struggles with a stubborn shire named Tubbs. Tears rolling down his cheeks in exasperation as he cannot get the horse to move. Okay, I take my shoes off. Uh... And because those are not going well for me, and I'll head that way to try and help. That you take your shoes off. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Just ditch the shoes. I'm fine with that. Yeah. At this point, fucking barefoot. I'm gonna say that without the shoes, given the earthquake, we're gonna call it difficult terrain. Give me, uh, just give me a, a flat deck check. We'll call it ten to see if you can move quick enough without. What'd you get? Nineteen. Oh yeah, you're sick. Uh, absolutely flooring it on this cobblestone. This shit it's is my like, terrain. I'm from the mountains. <laughs> just cracking up. Uh, wonderful. Give me either a animal handling check or a athletics check, please. Oh, neither of those are good. One is to forcibly move the horse out of the way, and the second is to. You um, will not believe what I just fucking rolled. Ladies and gentlemen, that is my third nat one. I'm about to eat this dice. <laughs> I, okay, it said that, okay, for Tides of Chaos, it says your DM can allow you to do it again as long as you roll a wild magic surge first. Can I roll a wild magic surge yep. and roll Tides of Chaos again <laughs> to try and fix this fucker? 
<laughs> Nat 20. Yep. That doesn't do it. Um, cool. I'm gonna. So I'm gonna, gonna roll, let me roll again. I'm gonna roll an athletics check on behalf okay. of Eva to see if Eva can once again save the day. She needs to get a 15 or higher to cover the distance, seeing as she's currently on the floor with this random woman. What is Sparrow doing at this point? Sparrow is fucking stumbling. Like Sparrow is like stumbling around. I mean, there's an earthquake happening. It's not like she's she just looks like a fool. I mean, like the floor is literally like breaking up around her as she is just like trying to get from stone to stone. Okay. Yeah. I'm on the fucking struggle bus. Cool. Eva rolled a 19, so Eva's going to get up and bolt in that direction. <laughs> I'm about to fight Eva. I have zero in animal handling for Eva, but I have for a strength check, if it's raw strength, I have a plus three. So let's see what Eva gets. She needs to get a 12 or higher to get the horse moving. She got a 16. Eva is going to just basically uh, fully, like, checks the woman on the ground. She's like, have a good day, and then just gets up. <laughs> Fucking bolts sees you on the ground and goes, "There's no time to lose, Sparrow. Why are you on the floor?" I'm fucking dying, I think. <laughs> and just runs past you, and instead of like trying to like pull the horse fully, just like gets her shoulder ready and just shoulder checks the horse out of the way of the tree. Eba. Um, and like with her other hand, like shoves like the the oh my god, like the handler just out of the way in the back falls on top of the horse, and the conifer falls gentler. right in between We've them. We've talked about this. <laughs> Thanks for asking if I'm okay. You're fuck you're you're fine. I am now. Okay. Jesus Christ. Uh, is there any can I <laughs> Okay. Holy shit. Dro That's crazy. Maddie to Robert. Can you help me the fuck out? <laughs> Cause I'm dying, I think. What would you like me to help you with? Um, is there something I can do? Is there anything else I notice? Uh, is, what, are there people running around? With your 20 charisma score, you could probably try to help direct people, like, away from buildings and, like, help direct tourists yeah. to safer places. Okay, so you just want to give gonna... me, like, a persuasion check? Yeah, I'll thaumaturgy and, like, uh, try to I'll yell the best I can. Advantage, then. Why not? Make, like, a giant hand, like, pointing one way. Madison. First was two. What? Are you shitting me? <laughs> I rolled another nat Is one. Is your fourth nat one? <laughs> My fourth nat one. I don't know what's happening. Anyway. Yeah, what um, happens? Well, I mean, with <laughs> with the the two, that's going to be, into, I've got a plus seven. <laughs> so it's a, a nine. It's a nine, which isn't the worst <laughs> thing in the world. So what happens? Uh, I think Sparrow's just, at this point, with a nine, is still laying on the fucking ground, just being like, all right, everybody, away from tall buildings, come out into the center, cover <laughs> your hands over the soft part of your neck, it'll be fine, just breathe, uh, leave all belongings, get out in the middle. Wonderful. Um, on a nine, not, a lot of the tourists clearly like don't speak common and so they just kind of look at you more confused than anything but like the it seems like the people no! of the, <laughs> it sounds like the people of the town or seems like the people of the town at least most of them speak common so you get quite a few people away from buildings but not not a, not too many people i think i need to throw these dice away you need to throw that one in particular away that was crazy that was nuts four nat ones is nuts um okay we're gonna move on to the next thing 
Chaos to con- uh, chaos continues to unfold around both Sparrow and Eba, even as the tremors begin to subside. Screams emanate from within the melted muse as you watch the massive cauldron that holds an untold amount of melted cheese toppling off the wood fire stove that keeps it bubbling. The hot, gooey cheese rushes towards the door in the rest of uh, a rest of the patrons at breakneck speed. Uh, can Fallen I? Fallen buildings and debris block your path on either side, or I guess into the building as the gloppy, scalding cheese surges closer. Can I try to use mage hands to keep the 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 pot of cheese in place? Yeah, give me uh, give me an Arcana check. We'll call it DC fifteen. Nat twenty. Holy. Nat twenty. F- fuck. Jesus. Um, Sparrow is a girl of extremes. Okay. So, wow. What does this look like? Uh, I think her mage hand is definitely like, it's. I'm going to steal this a little bit from the new season of Fantasy High. It's got like really Ring pretty fingers. decorative rings on it. Uh, perfectly manicured nails somehow, despite the fact that she's on the run. Um, and it's just, it's fucking pink. Same as her. Uh, and it's big enough that it just holds the giant pot in its hand. Uh, oh, wow. Like, just is palming it and then gently so cool. sets it on the ground. Wonderful. Um, so as you, yeah, as Sparrow just fucking... Still laying on the ground, by the way. After failure, after failure, after failure, uh, Sparrow eventually kicks it into gear and seeing the giant pot of uh, molten hot cheese manages to grab it and set it firmly back on its pedestal. But unfortunately, that does not stop some of the cheese from spilling out as the earthquake rocks uh, the entire building, and some of it begins rushing towards the entrance. Still, wait how much of the how much of this <laughs> fucking cheese is there? Okay, so let's let's think about this. This pot of cheese is meant to basically feed like a whole town, and then all of the tourists oh. that come in. This is like a giant. This is like a cauldron. Yeah, like a huge, like giant sized, like witch's cauldron of hot molten cheese. Like the size of a hot tub. Yeah. I mean, bigger, probably. Like the way I'm imagining is like you got to get like a small ladder next to the side of it to get up and stir. Okay. Yeah. So it rocks back and forth and some of it still spills, but you save most of the patrons. Okay. Um, As the hot molten cheese begins rushing towards Eba and Sparrow, a rope suddenly appears behind the both of you and a small mousy woman. Um, begins to shout down at you from the Zeppelin, by the way, insanity, <laughs> that has just left the Scalarium, and a woman shouts, the Imperius can't fly far, but she's safer than a hot cheese bath. All right, uh, everybody on the ropes! That's so funny. The first thing it says is that she's going to insist that the party climb the rope as if nobody would climb the rope. That's insanity. What? Like it, the way <laughs> the description of this obstacle basically reads is that like it's an option to climb the rope, but that maybe the party wouldn't. Oh, that's interesting. But if it's between me, a cliff, and like a pot of cheese, a giant melted pot of cheese, like I'm, I'm taking the rope. I'm taking the rope. I'm taking the rope. I would like sparrows cool. would like to get other people up first. Okay, so it says that. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. So we'll call it. Um, i tell you what, since you're already using Mage Hand and Dexterity checks don't seem to be Sparrow's thing, we will do another Arcana check no with checks Mage Hand. No seem to be Sparrow's thing. We'll call it DC 15 to move people out of the way fast enough that like you're not in danger, and then I'm going to roll a DC 15 athletics check. Oh, sick. 
Uh, yeah, you're golden. I'm also going to roll a DC 15 athletics check on Eva's I better behalf. get four fucking nat 20s. Oh, my God. Uh, Eva rolls a, a fucking eight. Jesus, Eva, <laughs> get it the fuck together. Um, Eva throws absolutely all caution to the wind and basically bolts, like, darts in through the doors of the um, the Melted Muse and begins, like, grabbing patrons and Eva, then throwing Eva, them towards the front. people skills, gentle. Right as, like, the Melted gentle. Cheese begins to, like, lick at her boots. Um... I mean, and you're on a nat 20, so I mean, do what the fuck you want. Yeah, I think I'm just going to continue like shouting directions at this point. I've got Mage Hand that's also like pointing mm-hmm. right. uh, to the rope. Multiple uh, Mage Hands going, you got one keeping the pod in bay, like yeah. one like bringing it's people very towards like, the front. It's very it, like, this shit is like on lock. It's like a line at Disney. It is like <laughs> everything is perfectly like, no matter where you go, somehow there's a hand pointing the direction that you need to go. Um, and it's just ushering. Uh, as many people up the rope as possible. If there's people who can't climb, uh, using a mage hands to kind of boost them up. Yeah, sick. Uh, uh, Eva's just going to make a really quick dexterity saving throw to see if she gets caught in the cheese. Jesus Christ. We'll, we'll call it DC 10. Uh, I think she, what does she have? She is like a plus two, I think, to this. Oh, no, yeah, she is. Plus two. Oh, Jesus Christ, Eva. She got an eight. Uh, I'll deal with her in a minute. Okay, cool. uh, is everyone up the rope? Yeah, most of the patrons have either made it outside into a safer area or climbing up okay. the rope. You watch as Eva, like, grabbing one last person, like, scoops them up with her arm and then throws them towards the door, Stop like, at you. people. Yeah, she's fully just, like, one hand, like, one arming, just Jesus lifting people Christ. up and throwing them towards the door. And right as she's about to, like, sprint towards forward uh, to grab the rope with you, you watch as a, a giant glob of hot malted cheese um, basically, like, lurches out from the rest of it and then like fully sticks in the back of her boots. She's going to take 2d4 fire damage um, as she cries out in pain as this molten cheese begins to burn her feet. Can I use a dagger to cut her shoes off her? That's crazy. You can, yeah, if that's what you want to do. You can also just take an action to remove her from the cheese if you'd like. I want to look cool while I do this. Sure. Um, She's only going to take 4 damage but that's also going to bring her to 5 health. Jesus Christ! Yeah, we're level 3, dog. <laughs> We're level three. <laughs> we are not not doing a whole lot. Um, no, no oh wait a minute! I have thirty one health. I didn't heal from our last fucking oh, combat encounter. Shit! I'm cruising. I'm at twenty seven. I was about to say Incredible. I'm. I'm at. Yeah, you, yeah, you start going to work with this knife, like basically sawing off like the backs of her boots. Um, and she fully like scoops you up as you're in the middle of doing that. Once her legs are free. I and like something. runs towards the the rope. Uh, can I get a DC twelve athletics check, please, to grab onto the rope? Uh, four, fifteen. Nat one. God damn! <laughs> I want you all to know who are listening. We tried to record an episode last night, and it just it was such it was so bad. We were just doing puzzles, and yeah. it was. It was. We were like, we gotta scrap it. We gotta do another. Hopefully today will go better. The amount of natural ones. That means the most nat ones I've had in less than an hour. This like, is at, crazy. at any table. Um, cool. Yeah, Eva runs forward, like kind of carrying you, like now that you've cut her free, sort Are we of. We both things. about to eat shit. And then no, no, no. She's she's chilling, or you're fine. Um, so basically, like you all, she sets you down, and then you're both about to grab the rope, and then like another. Uh, tremor like hits the ground and he was fully like thrown backwards off her footing right as you grab a hold of the rope with one hand. Jesus Christ. Uh, how healthy are you? Is that a... This is a genuine question. Very. Cool. Lightning lore. 
Wow. Um, I'm just going to choose to fail it. Yeah, cool. I'm so sorry. You are going to take 1d8 uh, lightning fine. damage, but... You still uh, have to roll to hit me, or is this a roll that I would have to make? Um, Target must succeed in a strength saving throw or cool. be pulled. I'm, yeah, I'm going to choose to fail. So cool. for those listening, just because this is like a how-to D&D podcast... I'll um, read the spell, by the way. You can choose to fail certain uh, saving throws. And like in this instance, I could roll the... Like, I could throw the save like I could roll it but then if I pass it then like this whole thing doesn't work yeah but like if I know that like passing or sorry if I know that failing a check is going to be more beneficial for me then like I'm just you can choose to fail that like uh, there's no reason for Eva to physically struggle against this if it's going to bring her forward yeah so so the spell lightning lore is a uh, one action it is a radius of self 15 feet um, you create a lash of lightning energy that strikes out at one creature of your choice you can see within 15 feet. The target must succeed in a strength saving throw or be pulled uh, up to 10 feet in a straight line towards you and then take 1d8 lightning damage if it is within 5 feet of you. I'm using this uh, kind of as his non-intentional purpose, which is as a literal lasso mm-hmm. uh, just to pull someone forward. However, uh, she is going to take 7 damage. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, we're chilling. We're still at 20 health. Cool. We are totally fine. Hopefully we can take a nap on this fucking Zeppelin. I'm sure we can. Uh, Wonderful. You yank Eva forward uh, with a bit of cool lightning magic, and that is just enough to sort of get one of her large hands around the rope, Um, and she begins climbing herself up as the uh, Imperius begins flying off. Oh, fuck my shoes. (laughs) You are both shoeless. Go ahead and give me a perception check as you start to get sort of a um, bird's eye view of the town. Nat 20. What the fuck? The fuck? Um, I don't know what's happening. Perception check. Okay, I got a 16. It doesn't matter. You got a nat 20. Uh, <clears throat> two things that you and Eva both notice as you begin to pull yourself up this rope. Uh, so the fire guards and several men um, that are sort of outside working with uh, some of the civilians, they're all wearing the same robes, um, or at least a few of them are, that are marked with this sort of large golden eye. Uh, similar to the robes, actually, that uh, the woman that is flying the Imperius that called you and Eva up are, is also wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like sort of the danger uh, from the earthquake has mostly subsided. Like, there's less tremors. The buildings aren't, like, falling apart completely. Everyone got out of the melted muse. So that's one of the things you and Eva both notice. Another thing is that... Um, there are sort of huge cracks in the surface that seem to sort of spiderweb out from the woods nearby. Um, and then in the center of a clearing, sort of in, in the middle of that, that wood, is a large, dark obelisk uh, with deep grooves in the surface all around it, and it seems as though the cracks um, that started from the forest and then spread to the city all emanate from this dark obelisk in the middle of this clearing. Well, that's not ominous in the slightest. <laughs> not at all. Jesus Christ. Uh, wonderful. What? Once aboard the Imperius, the party is able to take stock of its interior. I'm going to read some flavor text. Cool. The inside of the Zeppelin's passenger uh, carriage is a dizzying orchestra of delicate whirring machinery and gently glowing spell-focusing crystals. A suspended catwalk cuts through the tangled metal mess of cogs and leads towards a large dome. Its guidance mechanisms hum as they slowly drift to place the dark obelisk emerging from the trees beyond into alignment with the dome's central directional taps. Either side of the catwalk is dotted with desks strewn with parchment and books covering everything from star charting to studies on the density of gems to the detailed life cycle of rare amber glass butterflies. Smiling as you look around, bushy eyebrows stuffed behind thick glasses that peer out from under 
tempestuous brunette hair is the halfling who helped you aboard. Howdy. I am Loretta Sanchum, current head of the Order of the Ochre Eye. Well, townsfolks call us the Esoteric Society for Arcane Studies, uh, and this here is our ship, the Imperius. Do you like some fondue? I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, ma'am. Uh, my name is Sparrow, and this is my companion, Eba. Greetings. Uh, Charming town you have had. I don't know what to... Anyway, um... <laughs> Quick question. That uh, dark obelisk's up ahead. What's up with that? Larita, which it bothers me that it's not Loretta, but I get it. Uh, Larita sort of like takes out a little cloth and sort of uh, wipes off both of her um, lenses and sort of dusts herself off. Clearly like this emergency takeoff from the Sclerium is kind of very quick and impromptu. Uh, before she starts launching into like what she completely sidesteps the question about the obelisk. Uh, and, like, comes up to shake both your and Eva's hand and goes, well, I tell you what, that was a hell of a show you all put on back there. I really appreciate you all walking into... Holy fuck, what's the name of the town? Oh, come on, I got it. I'll come up with it. Maybe I won't. Aha! Velanoia! Uh, I sure am glad that you folks walked into Velanoia when you did. You know, we don't get a whole lot of earthquakes around these parts, being in the mountains and such. Well, I suppose that makes sense. Uh, you know, if we did such a wonderful job, we take uh, tips in any currency. Uh, just putting <laughs> that out there. Um, as Eva, like, pinches her nose and, like, shakes her head as you immediately start, like, getting to work on offering for, like, a she donation. She knows who I am. <laughs> um, what do you mean you don't normally get... I would say I can tell from the infrastructure you don't normally get earthquakes. Well, um, you I mean, it's pretty quick on the draw, though. I mean, you had this blimp thing up and going pretty quick. Well, it's funny you should ask. Well, mention the the blimp. So, as I mentioned earlier, I am part of the uh, the order of the ochre eye. So, folks around here are a little superstitious. They don't call okra? us uh, like ochre, okra, okra, O C H R E. I'm just gonna call y'all okra. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so most folks around us call here the Esoteric Society for Arcane Studies because they're not as um, magically inclined as some of us other folks are, but we're actually called the Order of the Okra Eye, and we, in this particular branch, because there are quite a few of us in this town, have been observing this obelisk for uh, for quite a while. So we actually call that their obelisk. She kind of walks towards an observation deck and sort of, is, starts uh, pointing out it. Sorry, who's driving this? Oh wait, was well, she not driving it? No, there are like multiple, there are like people okay. running around that are like pulling levers and stuff. Okay, yeah, that all have on that same uniform with the gotcha. golden eye. Uh, she begins to point to the obelisk. Uh, so we actually call that there the spire. Yeah, and uh, this observation sort of blimp, if you will, is designed specifically to be able to get a bird's eye view because you see the cracks around the the outside of the spire, mm -hmm. sometimes dangerous arcane magics flow out of those and it becomes a little tricky trying to get close to it. So th this is pretty advanced because you can't really get close to on foot with this sort of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. So dark magic just occasionally flows out of this? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's... So... No earthquakes, so does it not normally cause earthquakes? No, you know, this is actually a new phenomenon. You know, it's funny, all of the townsfolks are just convinced that the spire is some, like, strange architectural wonder from another age. You know, mm -hmm. and they're all 
They're a little, a little simple, for uh, lack of a better word. Can I do an insight check on this lady? Yeah, give me an insight check. She's giving weird vibes. Uh, that is going to be a 19. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some... I mean, she's... What are we looking for? Let's start there. Well, first of all, I'm trying to see if she's bigoted. Um, <laughs> like bigoted towards like stupid people. Well, I mean, she said like simpletons, and then oh. earlier she said something about like, like a muggle situation, like magically inclined. They're not like us magically oh, yeah, inclined yeah. folk. I'm just trying to get Dirt a read born. on this lady and see what her fucking deal is. Yeah. So she doesn't seem to be bigoted. Like that's not a part of her deal. She truly, the on an insight, uh, yeah, on a nineteen. You've read plenty of people being sort of a Robin Hoodie character. Part of your whole shtick, right, is being able to very quickly pick up the vibe or sort of the level of intelligence or know-how of a particular person. Um, Larita is smart to a, a fault in the sense that she doesn't look at other people in a bigoted way so much as she knows that she's smarter and treats other people that aren't on her level as like children to be babied. Okay, She so very much sees... A little. She sees the town as like a group of people that need to be cared for and looked after, but not necessarily as like super intelligent beings. Okay. Yeah. So she's probably going to be, I, I hate authority. So, so on the rest of that 19, though, she definitely seems to be hiding some some kind of information about the, the obelisk. Like she, it almost seems like she's being purposely vague about giving you details about what, like the order... Of the ochre, I would know. I mean, if they've made this this whole thing meant for going up and looking at this and studying it, why wouldn't they? So, how often do you all uh, observe the obelisk? Well, you know, it's funny you should ask that. So many generations ago, she begins to like walk over to a small like little library that they have sitting inside the Imperius and begins like thumbing through some of the older dusty books. Pulls out one um, that is uh, sort of almost like like bad vibes, like evil looking, like it's it's made out of like this crude dark leather mm-hmm. um, that it has like some, skin. yeah, almost looks like skin, has some some like darker arcane sigils on it and doesn't hand it to you, but like holds it up and she begins to explain. So many generations ago, our order actually sealed away a man named Lord Tiresome Belvar. Tiresome? Uh, Tiresome Belvar, yeah, it's funny we didn't catch it earlier. Uh, Tiresome Belivar, and this here's actually was his he exhausting? book. He was exhausting. I mean, I never met the man personally. This happened several hundred years ago, but like I've heard tales, I've read his books. Incredibly boring and tiresome man for sure. He earned his namesake. <laughs> um, anyways, this here's one of his fancy books that he made. Uh, he was a secret necromancer. So many years that ago, looks like skin. I don't know how secret it was. <laughs> No, that's fair. Again, I don't quite understand how we didn't catch this earlier, but I wasn't around <laughs> back then to notice. Like, I felt like if I was there, maybe I would have asked somebody, hey, what what the fuck is going on with this you know, book? You know, when you see a book that looks like it's made of human skin, you, you start normally to ask, questions. ask questions. And nobody asks questions. That's well, the problem with there. these I'm simple folk. The problem with these simple folk. And mm-hmm. You don't ask questions. Um, anyways, so... Be way, way back, we used to let people um, sort of come to this particular town to study different arcane arts. And uh, Lord Belivar was a noble mage who was specifically responsible. He sort of took on the duty himself to uh, laying mages that studied here and then passed away to rest so that the families didn't kind of have to do that themselves because people would come from all over and it was just kind of like complicated business. Well, what we didn't know was that uh, Belivar, behind closed doors, 
wouldn't actually bury those bodies. He would then take them down. Necromancer shit. Yeah, and then begin practicing sort of dark, perverted, arcane arts on the dead bodies of these powerful mages and then sort of reanimating them. And I can't really go into detail about the dark studies. I don't know if it was ever perverted necessarily, but it was definitely evil. You know what I'm saying? So... Anyways, uh, we ended up sealing him in the same crypt that he committed a lot of these atrocities in. And along with sealing that crypt, we sealed most of the public arcane knowledge that was available to anybody that passed into, uh, into the town. And so occasionally, below the obelisk, some dark things leak out. So, question... Uh, could someone not go in and do routine maintenance to kind of make no, sure No, so the... it's funny you should ask about maintenance. Uh, part of the obelisk, well, the, exactly what the obelisk is supposed to be is a basically a giant lock. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes the final goal of a necromancer is to become a lich, which is an undead immortal being of immense magical power that could bring sort of the end times to any and all who touch. A bitch. That is a word for it, yes. Or tiresome, perhaps. <laughs> um... So a tiresome individual like that can't really be left to chance. So the giant obelisk you see actually serves as a magical lock to keep anybody within, uh, in, and anybody out, out. Now he's dead, been dead for a long time, as far as we're aware of. And nobody can get in, as far as we're aware of. Uh, But this earthquake is certainly a little worrisome, because it doesn't really happen that often. Yeah. Uh, How sure are you that he was dead? I mean, pretty, pretty sure. I just necromancer and all. You mean like on a scale of one to ten, like how positive am I that he's dead? Yeah. Like a nine. See, there's room for error there. Like definitely, and I won't. Nobody can go in. This feels like a situation where it should be a solid ten. This almost sounds like a situation for maybe a a small party of adventurers. There is. I'm I'm a one woman show, but I'm very flattered. Well, the the large person next to you. Is there something going on here that I'm just unaware of? No. Okay. I mean, I'm cool with it if there is. You don't have to, like, hide anything. Like, we're, we're <laughs> civilized like folks. We're not homophobic. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> we're civilized folk. I mean, we some of the townsfolk <laughs> might be a little simple, but we understand that, you know, people can like whatever bits they like. Hello? You can acknowledge Hello? You can acknowledge her. Fully not what I meant, but all right. Um Hello? Oh gross. Um yes, I I understand that. Uh what are we talking about? As much as I love uh Philip Oh god, this is me in real life. The fucking philanthropy. Philip Philip as much as I love giving back to the communities, um, you see, my companion and I are a little bit tight on cash. Is there any uh, sort of reward? Like a financial for... incentive? Yes. Um, I tell you what, we don't really keep a lot of gold on standby. I mean, the only gold we really use are for rituals, like the physical gold component, mm-hmm. like the element. Uh, but I tell you what we do have. We do have uh, quite a few magical artifacts lying around that we would be more than willing to lend to you and your large companion as part of this you job. You don't have to call her a large you companion. Can then you can just refer to her as my companion. Your companion. 
Well, Thank compared you. to me, and even compared to you, she is large. Her name is Eva. Eva just, just kind of goes, her Eva. just kind of like gruffs, and is like, okay. You're doing great. Thanks. Eva, just keep being... I'm going to walk over there before I punch small lady in face. That seems like a wise just, idea. Like, walks on over to a, a set of books and pretends to thumb through. Totally those, disinterested. Those self-centering <laughs> exercises are really working out, and I'm <laughs> thankful for that. But uh, you are more than willing to keep the magical artifacts that you take for the job and then sell them off or use them on your adventures. That sounds like it can be doable. Wonderful. What other... Can I can I see these magical artifacts? Uh, well, uh, there's a process to, like, unlocking them. So not in this instance. All right. That's Robert saying he hasn't read far enough <laughs> into the one shot to see what they are. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, hang on, I gotta adjust my headphones. I tell you what, though, I'm gonna give you a little bit of background on myself. I think that'd be helpful for you to know. <laughs> sure. Robert forgot to read a thing. <laughs> so, you know, fun fact, the only reason I know about how tiresome tiresome really was, so my mother was actually one of the keepers of the Arcane Library at Discolarium. Um, that one of those libraries was actually one of the ones that was sealed off with that giant obelisk cap. And she kept records of all the books and then sort of their location. So she was like um, like a magical librarian, if, mm-hmm. if you uh, would say. So I actually grew up like sort of amongst those books. That's why I'm so... Um, bookish. Bookish. That's... Yeah, that's a word for it. Mm-hmm. You could you could say bookish. I could say a lot <laughs> of things. Bless your heart. Yeah. Um, anyways... This is like, for a lot of us of the order, this is like uh, like an inheritance, like this position. So mm-hmm. this isn't like something that I just woke up one day and decided, well, I'm smarter than the rest of the town folks, so I might as well go ahead and fly up in that fancy blimp. This is like, uh, like a sacred order. So I, I need you to understand, if you take on this mission of sorts, mm-hmm. right, you can't, there's sort of, um, you need to uphold yourself in an orderly way because you will be effectively representing the Order of Ochre and we don't exactly just let people join on their own volition. Ah, of course. Right. That is to say there will be consequences if you were to, I don't know, remove one of the ancient powerful tomes that was sealed within the library underneath the scolarium uh, or engaged with any of Lord Tiresome's previous arcane magics as well. What consequences? Well, that's for me to know and for you to hopefully not find out. Wonderful. You're very trusting. Incredibly so. I can tell. Funny you should mention trust. I'm going to read another text box. <laughs> this is uh, for for listeners. Uh, make a drinking game with this. Every time uh, Robert says, <laughs> funny you should mention. Uh, funny you should mention it. Take a shot or something. Okay, let's see here. So, it's, she sort of walks away from this stack of books and goes to another stack of books that she also has floating around. How is there, How many fucking books are... That's a great question. You know, my mom didn't tell me. She didn't give me a number. I just kind of know where they are. Do you all have, like, a supplies? And, no, not... No, I meant, like, supplies and rations aboard the blimp, or is it just books up there? Oh, yeah, no, we have supplies and rations. Where are you keeping to like maintain the I books? I have only sell books. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you have shoes by any chance? Pardon me. Shoot. Never mind. I'll deal with it later. Um. So, anyways, since 
Lord Belvoir has disappeared. Um, motions off towards the spire again as she begins thumbing through another book. So you know how I mentioned that the uh, the people of the town aren't exactly aware of what its magical significance is? Mm-hmm. So they actually um, use it in a festival uh, where they have a race to see who can climb to the top of it the fastest. The obelisk? Yeah, the obelisk that had, contains dark, unimaginable arcane power. under. Yeah, they actually use that in a friendly climbing competition. Uh, and, you know, I, I hate to say this, but we're the ones that kind of pushed them in that direction. We <laughs> thought it was going to be bad for town if word got out that our... Well, this is a PR stunt? Uh, if word got out that uh, our town was holding a potentially dark, evil man with unintold magical horrors underneath. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we kind of pushed it in that direction. So you made a playground on top of it. So we let the townsfolk believe that it was a fun thing to play on. Do you think that that, that is that is to tell you that the would have led to the this festival that is upcoming where people climb might get in the way of your duties and uh, actually expedites the need for you all to to uh, figure out what the hell's going on? Because I can't. If people are just climbing to obelisk and then all of a sudden it explodes or some crazy shit, we're at fault. You know? Yeah, I would yeah. believe so. Is there a prize for winning the, the the festival? A shit ton of hot cheese. Hey, this shit sucks. Do you have something you want to send in to make it better? Criticisms, topics you'd like to see discussed, or an advertisement you'd like to run? Maybe you even want to sponsor an episode. If so, shoot us a message at mc460 at evansville.edu or DM us on Instagram at Crescent Magazine. Or we'll never get better like these fucking guys. I tell you what, though. Uh, I do think I have a stash laying around. Give me a second. You seem very goal-oriented, just so let me see if I can find something goal to Goal-oriented, I like to say. That's so funny. I know. Wow. Really, really big play on words there. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find that stash. That sounds wonderful. Eba. <laughs> Eba. 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 walks over. This is a fucking cult. What do you mean, cult? It's a cult. They're the okra like, group or some shit like that. I don't know. The There's okra a, group? It, 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 she gave me a correct group. name. I don't listen. You know I don't listen to names. Well, this, that mumbo jumbo. I think this is a golden opportunity for us to really prove ourselves as adventurers. They said that we can get some magical artifacts if we do this. That sounds so sick. I know. I'm more into it um, for the, the payout. Well, I, I don't... I keep losing her accent. I can't figure out what the fuck it is. I'm going to talk to her more for a second. No, I... be rushing again. It was so oh fun. My God. I can't. Be vague fucking... European. Uh, vague European. There we go. Um, Jesus Christ. Right as you're figuring out sort of logistics with Eva, um, she hauls over this giant, like, huge book. Like, it, she's a halfling, so she's kind of short. But she brings over a book almost as tall as her and, like, thumps it in between you and Eva. What is this? Well, this is your reward. And then she opens the book. The whole center of it's been hollowed out, and there are oh, about 200 shiny golden pieces uh, that are sitting in the middle of this giant hollowed-out book. Well, that sounds wonderful. I do, typically, for my services, I do take a quarter up front. You want a quarter of this? Mm-hmm. What about, like, a handful? Two handfuls. Uh, Eba's handfuls. I was going to say, why don't we let Eba do the handfuls then? Deal. Okay, two Eba handfuls, and that'll be your payment up front. Deal. 
Hima goes, let's do this. Uh, and Folly like rolls up her sleeves and then just like digs her giant hands in. Hell yeah! Huge handfuls of gold. Um, let me roll a couple of d20s and see how many gold pieces you all get up front. 14 and 12. So 26 gold pieces up front. I'll take it. Yeah, so literally almost a quarter. Perfect. Um, well, I guess uh, it's a quarter of a quarter. Uh, eighth? Yeah, so an eighth. Technically an eighth. God, we're bad at math. <laughs> Stupid. You, you have an eighth of the gold. I, I tell you what, though, uh, if you take this 200 gold here, the arcane weaponry that you will be given will be on loan. It's like an either-or situation. You know what I'm saying? Well, why not both? Well, because they belong to the order of of, of the ochre. What if we do such a good job that we get both? Well, then maybe we can talk about that such a good job, but let's see if you can get the job done first. All right. We'll start there. Does she go away to get, like, equipment? Yeah. Cool. I'm leaning over to Eva. So we can just dip with the artifacts after, right? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Eva smiles and goes... We'll we'll think about it. Come on. I'll consider it. Come on, just a it's, little bit. It's a maybe, a maybe. I pocketed an extra two gold while the lady's gone. Oh, my gone. God. Um, cool. So as you begin to approach the spire, you can see it's sort of the large windows on the front of the Zeppelin. Um, it is surrounded by lush forests and snow-capped mountains, and there's a bald patch of land around the obelisk where it seems vegetation fears to tread. Barren land here is formed into a rotten, lich and bog where the spire itself rises as if it had been thrust into the heart of the earth, a wound from which the land has been unable to recover. Jesus Christ, uh, that's bleak. Lorita, whose like face has gone sort of grim and stark compared to sort of her happier demeanor as you all fly closer, um, stands up next to you and Eva and goes, We call this place the scab. Um, nature itself seems to recoil from Belvoir's remains. Magic wielded to seal him away, unfortunately, also wounded the earth in the process. Uh, see how the soil almost seems to bleed here? Uh, still, the land can heal. It's just, it'll take time. And maybe it's foolish, but I hope that maybe uh, whatever is underneath this scarred earth um, will eventually provide fresh soil. All right, down we go. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, well, we're going down. Uh, can I find a fucking townsperson who looks like they've got a similar size and shoe to me? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, she's going to go ahead and direct you all to the armory anyway. So go ahead and roll a d20, and that'll determine what item you get. I just need shoes, like normal shoes. Let's see if shoes are on here. <laughs> there are no shoes on here. Cool. That's why I'm trying to find a townsperson, and I'm going to try and con them out of their shoes. Um, what is Eva That's a... Use? What am I rolling? Uh, D20. Just yeah, a D20. Just a, D a 16. Yep. 16. You get a javelin of lightning, which yeah, will probably end up... so fucking good at javelins. Will probably end up trading is what I imagine is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then let me roll, see what I get. A stone of good luck. Yeah, we can switch. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. She, yeah, basically, Lorita, like, throws the doors open to this, like, giant arcane armory that's on this uh, floating blimp and grabs the two nearest objects and chucks them towards you both and then slams them shut and locks it. Yeah, immediate, like, just... Yeah, just a, yeah Eva, other. like, looks at this tiny little stone in her hand that has, like, a rune on it this and then javelin. goes... I'm a tall woman, but this javelin is bigger than I would like it to be. This is... This is a pebble. Trade? I'm 
Yes. Cool. Uh, yeah, you fully just swap magical items. Cool. Well, now we need to look those up. Um, I will look up a stone of good luck. I will look up a lightning javelin. Whatever the fuck that is. Lightning javelin. Javelin of lightning. What do we do here? Magic item, when you hurl it and speak its command word, it transforms into a bolt of lightning. Oh, that's so fun. Uh, while th- stone of good luck. luck 46 stone. lightning damage. That's crazy. Uh, while this polished agate is on your person, you gain a plus one uh, bonus to ability checks and saving throws. Oh, sick. That's Not great bad. for you. <laughs> You've Correct. been rolling. Cool. Uh, Lorita begins to lower the Imperius's rope and anchor. I put it in my bra. Um, and then sort of uh, slides down the rope and then affixes an anchor sort of in the nearby oh, bog. Were we able to long rest? Yeah. Well, we can probably hit a short rest, I'd imagine. Okay. I, I'm more worried about you than me. Uh, I'll I'll be okay. Okay. I think I think I can manage. All right. Short rest. Oh, I'm gonna roll a hit dice. You know what? We are level three characters. We'll hit a long rest. Yeah. We'll do that. Wonderful. Uh, so the zeppelin is not going to fly away now, and the next phase of the adventure begins. All right. So we're supposed to just go down there and we'll figure out. We'll stay on a long rest to find a pair of shoes. Thank. Fucking God. <laughs> yeah, Lorita goes to one of her staff and, like, goes and measuring everybody's feet, like, throughout the day, trying to fi- find, like, the perfect fit. It's cool. just like a size eight. We don't um, have to do all as that. You and Sparrow begin descending. I'm Sparrow. Yeah. As you and Eva begin descending down the rope, uh, it is clear that a storm is approaching. Steady wind shaking the trees and tossing the Zeppelin off its trajectory. You sway in the gusts, but manage to hang on. As your feet touch down, the ground is boggy, and the mud you uncover with each step is a rich, thick crimson, the well, color I'm of blood. Real glad I got shoes now. I don't like this place. Yeah, it's fucking gross. Can I do an arcana check? Um, yeah, can we give you an arcana check? It's going to be an 18 plus 4 is going to be a 22. <coughs> okay. Um, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. We will... Um, what was the number you got? Uh, 22. I'm going to note that down for the next Arcana check that I have to give you, because right now there's no Arcana check for me to give you. Wow. Um, go ahead and give me a... Uh, Perception check, though. Or investigation check or perception. Your choice. Uh, Either way, it is going to be an 18. Wonderful. I also got... Oh, wait, no. It would be a dirty 20 for investigation. Cool. For perception, you even got a 16. Um, You all are basically looking for a place to anchor the Imperius because Lorita is having a really difficult time, like, getting her, like, stubby legs through the mud to, like, find a place to actually put it so that, like, it's not going to fly away. Um... Wonderful. Now I'm going to need an athletics check and a, or a sleight of hand. Or no, I need both. An athletics check followed by a sleight of hand check. Okay, she passes her athletics check. She does not pass her sleight of hand check. Can I do a sleight of hand check to help? Yep. Uh, 16. Wonderful. Uh, Eba sort of uh, flexes her large muscles underneath her, um, at this point, like kind of spray painty, um, torn up military uniform that she's like ripped all of the symbol and regalia off of, but clearly still values it for like its um, like its material yeah. worth. Um, and then just starts reeling in the Zeppelin, uh, but cannot seem to get like the knot tied around the large tree she's trying Here, to. Just, you gotta go, 
you got to go like around the like you make the bunny you make the bunny ears and well, it just like around. backs off of the rope and lets you start doing okay. it. Okay, um, it's yep. it's so easy. You just do it like. Oh, okay. I see bunny yeah. ears. Bunny yes, ears. Yes, the bunny okay. ears. Cool. And then it goes in the burrow, and there you go. Wow, where do you learn bunny ear technique? It was growing up. What What do you mean growing? You don't learn up? how to do that. I mean, we learned how to like skin boards and soft part of chest to hit. You and I had very different childhoods. Well, it would seem so. <laughs> uh, cool. You all managed to successfully uh, find a, a proper location to anchor the Imperius, and you get it tied up. Uh, as you and Eva begin to secure the heavy rope to the spire itself, uh, the obelisk seems to shimmer with a continuously building glow. There's a burst of light from the clouds above as lightning crackles down from the sky, snaking around the Imperius before slamming into the spire. Thunder booms as energy courses through the obelisk and into the ground beneath you, and the entire structure begins to shake again. And a large crevice similar to those you encountered in the middle of the earthquake begin to form as the loose earth beneath you shifts. A fire surges up the rope, anchoring the Imperius to its location. Does it look like the storm is caused by the obelisk, like a magical thing? I'll tell you what, we will use this 22 for that. <coughs> Let me see if there's an answer for that. Yes, it does appear that the um, spire slash yeah the spire slash obelisk is uh, almost ramping in magical energy and seems to be pulling um, power basically. Okay. Gotcha. So how the fuck are we getting in? I'll say on a twenty-two, it almost seems like it's um, like it, it's less in the nature of the obelisk itself, and almost like something underneath the obelisk is like intentionally calling power to the location. Okay. All right. So um, now that the lightning has hit the uh, the spire, the uh, fire begins to spread up the rope that is attached to the Imperius. Oh, okay. So we don't want that, correct? No. If the fire reaches the Imperius, I would imagine there's potential for it to burn down. Can I put the fire? There are also cracks forming underneath you and Eba uh, as the ground begins to split apart. Cool. Uh, can I put the fire out? <laughs> um, give me a perception check. You see is uh, Larita, who's standing up on the sort of... Well... Um, like on the launch deck where they would sort of reel in anchors, is like yelling, like yelling and like kind of waving her hands wildly. You assume. Do you want us to cut this? The storm is so loud that you can't hear what she's saying. I'm gonna start miming. Do you want <laughs> us? You to begin cut miming. This. That's funny. Cool. Um, as Lorita continues to yell at you, she begins to point, and you quickly see what she's been trying to draw your attention to. The cracks in the ground aren't just opening up to endless earth. They are bleeding. Oh, Jesus Thick, Christ. Mucus like globs of blood uh -uh. begin to bubble up out of the cracks around the spire, and the globs grow larger and larger. Gold. Jesus Christ. Defying gravity as they begin to stretch towards the sky. It looks like one of them is beginning to form a face. No. I am going to roll a d4 to no. determine how many of these things there are. Okay, I'm not taking a one. One is lame. Oh wait, it says plus. Okay, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take a two. 
Okay. Uh, three larger pools of bloody ooze begin to form around you and Eba. Oh, absolutely not. All right. Page 18 for the encounter. Cool. Give me uh, give me a perception check real quick. I will roll perception right. as well with Eba. That is going to be a dirty 20. So it does seem to be clear to both you and Eba that the oozes have a particularly difficult time moving towards the obelisk. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like whatever magical energy is emanating from the spire is almost like making them unstable. Um, so that might give you an advantage fighting closer to the obelisk. Uh, but it also does seem that they can sort of lob parts of their body at you, which Where means... Where are we? So you all, you and Eva are going to be um, on the obelisk itself. Oh. Sick. Um, and because you did a 22 arcana check earlier, now that I'm looking at our combat section, I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of things off. So the obelisk itself is 50 feet tall. Um, it seems as like it's almost been rendered from like one solid piece of stone. It's like impossibly smooth. It looks like it's like perfect, <laughs> like perfect craftsmanship. Um, which seems absurd. Well, actually, no, it almost makes perfect sense why somebody, like, would turn this into, like, the higher up the spire competition, because how the fuck are you supposed to climb up the smooth obelisk? Yeah, it's like that seat in Mulan. Yeah, basically. It's like, there's no fucking way. Um, she can't do it. She's a woman. on a 22, as you all begin to back towards the obelisk, you feel a uh, profoundly large magical energy emanating from the spire. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it is almost destabilizing the oozes, but there's something further there. The spire itself is almost like one giant arcane focus, and it could be used to amplify the power of a spell to increase its damage duration radius, uh, that sort of deal. So um, in theory, you could use a spell or take a turn to try and figure out how to use it as a focus and could amplify one of your spells for sort of a larger uh, attack. Okay. Um, What is also interesting, though, is that the energy that courses through this thing does not seem to be like energy that you would just summon um, like as a, a individual it almost feels like it's uh, like divine or like it's been sort of bestowed into the object mm-hmm. as well which could be from the, uh, the lightning strike okay we roll an initiative <laughs> yeah go ahead and roll initiative alright that was a 19 and then you're going to add your dex uh, to initiative uh, so I'm going to be Take at guess. Uh, 21. I think that Eva got a nat one. Eva got a nat one. Eva's bottom of initiative order. Because of course she is. Eva. Eva is the bottom. My fucking Marshall girl. Eva's a one. What did you get? Uh, 22. Sparrow, 22. And then I'm going to roll for my three blood oozes. One, 16... 19, natural 20. Ah! 1, 2, and 3, 16, 19, natural 20s, crazy. This is, never mind. So um, this is a mechanic thing that I'm going to go ahead and announce out loud. Normally, if I was just playing, I probably wouldn't tell my players this, but the perception check earlier that you got a 12 on, if you had gotten above a 15, you would have been able to hear Lorita, and you all would have had a round of surprise. Uh, but okay. because you couldn't hear what she said, you didn't have enough time to prepare, and so they already manifested before you could take your round of surprise. That's for fun. those that don't, uh, that weren't here for the combat session episode, 
Uh, round of surprise is basically one full round of combat where you get to act before anything happens in combat. Um, it's one full round where nobody gets to take reactions, nobody takes attacks of opportunity, nobody gets to respond to anything you're doing, uh, and enemies can also get around to surprise as well. Mm-hmm. That actually happens in Crown of Candy and like their first big combat encounter. They're oh, it's fully ambushed nuts. and it's nuts, man. Uh, there are definitely some fun ways you can use round of surprise. Yeah. But um, let me see here. Go ahead and pull up the stat block that they provided for the Blood Boys. Blood Ooze. There we go. Whoops. My bad. Blood Ooze. All right. We are going to start with our Ooze that got a natural 20. Which one is that? Um, we'll call it the Robot Mini. All right. We're using um, minis that Madison made for us that are like uh, printed cutouts that have been laminated from our superhero campaign. Yes. So um, if you hear us saying yeah. random names, it's because uh, it's easier to identify them that way. So yes. uh, this one is going to 5, 10, 15, 20. It's going to move 20 feet um, towards Eba and is going to roll to hit. Eba, 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 13. So this thing is going to roll with a plus three to hit to this and just barely misses. Uh, wonderful. The slow, sort of sluggish blood ooze that has a hard time even moving towards the spire. Uh, both Eba and Sparrow are both already backed up on this thing. Um, so it is incredibly easy for Eba to essentially just sidestep as this like weird humanoid concoction of like bloody fluids that have just bubbled up from the earth oh, Jesus just like Christ. basically slings one of its body parts that like falls to the ground and then reforms on itself uh. yeah it's fucking disgusting I'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> it's kinda gross um wonderful so now we're gonna go to 22 with Sparrow um I am going to cast Oh, I have a question what's up and this is something that might uh, I might be wrong on this, and people listening can correct me. Um, would I be able to use twin spell on mage armor? Um, for the rules of twin spell, using a, a meta magic point, because when you cast a spell that targets only one creature and doesn't have a range of self, you can spend a number of sorcery points equal to the spell's level to target a second creature in range with the same spell. Uh, mage armor is uh, it's a range of touch, and it is only one creature. Interesting. It's it's range. It says no range of self. Range of touch. I will say reads an awful lot to me. Like in touch. the description, it says you touch a willing creature who isn't wearing armor. So it can be like it says you touch a creature. You can definitely use it for yourself, but it is in the description. The first line is saying to touch something. Else. You know what? I'll I'll give it to you. Cool. I'm going to expend, uh, because that is a first level spell, how many? Uh, that would be two of my three sorcery points. Um, and I Damn. am going to uh, cast <laughs> mage me. armor on myself and Eba. Uh, so that means that your AC uh, will then become, I'm going to go ahead and read the spell. Uh, the target's base AC becomes 13 plus its dex modifier. The spell ends if the target dons armor or if you dismiss the spell as an action. This lasts for eight hours. Um, Jesus Christ. So that's going to bump my AC up to 15. Um, it's also going to boost Eva's AC, assuming she doesn't have a negative to her dex. She does not. Uh, and then I'm going to use my movement to 
try and get to the other side of the obelisk away from the other critters. Bro, I looked up blood. So okay, so I'm trying to use. Um, I've mentioned this previous in other episodes. Uh, an uh, app slash website called Improved Initiative. I'm just pulling that up while Madison's talking about her spell because I prefer Improved Initiative to a lot of other things. Um, it's just really, really great when it comes to making stat blocks. Um, it lives up to it lives up to its name, and it is very much an Improved Initiative app. And I just looked up uh, blood ooze to see if it was an actual creature, and it is. But what's funny is that it has the HP of the blood ooze on here as 76, whereas in, in the book, it is a maximum of 16. I prefer the 16 so one. So I would love to know who, like where, where the difference is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where did it go wrong? Anyways, that's fucking wild. <laughs> Um, awesome. So we have, what's our plus to AC? Uh, it's going to be 13 plus your dex modifier. 13 plus my dex mod, which is two, so we are up to 15. Fucking sick. Thank you. No problem. Are you um, going to do anything else? Yes, I'm going to move to the other side of the obelisk. Um, and then I you get a free object interaction on each turn, correct? Um, Yeah. Uh, can I try to interact with the obelisk and figure out how to use that as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Arcane focus. Um, you want to use like the, the free object interaction to use it as an arcane focus? Yeah, or to try and see if I can use it as an arcane focus. Yeah. Uh, give me an arcana check. Cool. Uh, hell yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Hell yeah, man. Um, yeah, for sure. I can? Yeah, you can use okay. it. Yeah, cool. I mean, with your 22 earlier, um, and you already know it, it could be I used. I just didn't know if it was something that I had to, like, spend a turn prepping. No. Oh, okay. No. Well, I, I still know. got my information, then I'm going to move 15. I mean, you're, I'll, I'll say mostly because your checks are high enough, like, you... If you had rolled under a 20, you probably would have had to take a turn like learning how to use it. But on a 22 and a 20, you're chilling. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm going to move to the other side of the obelisk. So I'm a little bit further away from the rest of the... Wonderful. Thanks. Um, yep. They don't get any attacks of opportunity. Next up is Blood Ooze number two. Oop. My bad. Or Blood Ooze B, I guess I should say. Let us be is also going to, and they are large apparently, so that is something to know. Let us be is going to move five feet towards Eba. Eba's now, um, for those that cannot see, Eba is now cornered on either side by Bloodus A and B. Uh, B is also going to swing at Eba. I think it just Sorry. has a plus three to this, or yeah, I think it's just a, a plus five for this. Oh my god, all the natural. It crits Eva. Um, you can lie about these things. Okay, so yeah, this is definitely the thing that I have pulled up is definitely not what they Use want the me to be using. Book. Use the one for the, the fucking damage. The damage is so insanely different. Holy shit, man! Oh my god, the damage is so different. What? I didn't know they could be this different. Anyways, I'm using this. Um, maximum damage for this is going to be one d six plus six, so seven damage. And give me a perception. Well, actually, you don't get you don't see this. So Eba's gonna roll a perception check. 
Eva does not pass. She doesn't notice anything. Eva! She's going to take seven damage, unfortunately, as one of these oh, things... I forgot to roll for wild magic. ...reaches out and just sort of slugs her across wild the chest. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, the folks, table. the fun of combat. Pull up the table. I'll roll some things for you. Seventy-eight. 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 Oh, I'm not gonna roll for it. You already did. Yep. Seventy-eight. 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 Uh, you cast polymorph on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if you fail uh, the saving throw, you turn into a sheep. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, cool. As I gotta take a wisdom saving throw. As Sparrow uh, uses, this. I know. As Sparrow uses uh, both of her. Oh, what was the spell called? Uh, mage armor. So because this happens when you use your spell, you might not actually move those feet. You might just get turned into a sheep. Yeah. Well, I think you can still move as a sheep. <laughs> uh, sheep, yeah. sheep have movement sheep, speed. Sheep can move. <laughs> You're chilling. Okay, uh, I've got to yeah. do a wisdom saving Sparrow, throw. Sparrow. Uh, it almost as if interfering, or almost as if from interference from the obelisk I'm itself. I'm so fucking scared watch right now. Sort of um, like a dark black lightning bolt sort of uh, splits off of the obelisk and hits your spell midair. I pass. Wonderful. I pass. I'm not a sheep. Uh, and threatens to sort of transmogrify and throw your spell awry, but your adept no, magic you. use, uh, yeah, fully just deflect the black lightning, uh, and you were fine. No one's turned into a sheep. Oh today, Jesus folks. Christ! <laughs> yeah, obelisk is out for blood. <coughs> Fuck. All right. Next up is <laughs> ooze. Oh, I forgot I'm supposed to be adding a plus one to everything I do. Ooze C. You are. It is just within range to hit. Lovely. Just gonna roll the hit. Misses. Clean fucking. Try again, miss. bitch. <laughs> Clean misses, man. Get Clean I'm misses. <laughs> Get fuck, I'm not a sheep. Wiser words have not been spoken, folks. I just clicked back to my character art, and my character looks so fucking cool, and just the image of her saying, fuck you, I'm not a sheep, is... <laughs> the fuck you, I'm not a sheep is crazy. All right, it is Eva's turn. God, I love Eva. Oh, I love Eva. Get her the fuck together. I'm going to try and get her the fuck out, ideally. <laughs> like She's stuck in between two people. Like I really don't want her to... Uh. Yeah. Um, tell you what, I didn't realize, like, well, no. I was going to say, she has a reaction to reduce damage that I would take, so I technically I could have done that earlier, but didn't see it. My bad, dog. All right. Superiority die. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. All right. She's just going to hit this thing. Well, her longbow does the most amount of damage, but she is fully within melee range of two yeah. creatures, and if she tries to run... If she tries to run, she's going to take um, two attacks of opportunity, which is not great. No. So, tell you what, though. She's going to risk one attack of opportunity because this is a large, actually. Oh, shit. You know what? No, she she wouldn't know that. She wouldn't know that. I'm going to make an answer check. She does know that. Never mind. Um, Eva makes a quick assessment of both of these creatures as she thinks about darting so that uh, large creatures, for those of you that aren't aware of how combat in space works, cannot move into a space that is basically too small for them to move into. So oh, Eva's yeah. idea was to run on the other side of one of these oozes so that it can't, so that ooze A can't follow her uh, in between the obelisk and ooze B. But on a um, 22 nature check, God, um, damn. 
Eba has hunted in all sorts of wilds all over the land uh, and has not seen this exact kind of ooze, but has seen oozes like it. Uh, this ooze, or oozes in general, have a feature. Let me go ahead and pull that up. That feature is called, or that trait is called amorphous. Uh, any uh, This ooze can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without having to squeeze, uh, which essentially means it's not going to take any extra time to move through that space. So running from this thing to try and keep it from being able to move through a narrow space is useless. Yeah. Because it's a news. I mean, two and two together, it doesn't take a whole lot. Uh, but either way, she's got some fucking decisions to make. This actually sucks. This actually sucks. <laughs> Eba, yeah, no, this sucks dick. Um, I'm so sorry. Damn. Okay, I guess we're just gonna, yeah, we're just gonna use our maul. Fuck it. Uh, you know what, maul or warhammer? Uh, warhammer. We're gonna use warhammer. Sick. One d eight plus three, and she has multiple attacks. Um, cool beans. She's gonna roll a hit. Gonna take a swing. One of these things ACs. Um, Use the book. Oh, not bad. No, the book and the thing are actually pretty similar in only a couple of ways. One of them is stat blocks. Okay. She hits. Gonna go ahead and roll again for the second one. She hits again. Wonderful. She takes two large chunks out of this thing with her hammer. Uh, let me roll some damage here. A d8. A five. So an eight. And then another five and another eight. So 16 damage total to ooze. Um, we're just going to roll a random dice here because it doesn't actually matter which one she hits. A or B. We're going to say uh, A on low roll, B on high roll. She hits A. Fantastic. Um, and this thing does have, unfortunately, a reaction. God damn it. So, uh, Eba takes two large swings with her warhammer backed into a corner and does 16 damage to this thing. Essentially, like... Um, clean through the the middle section of this thing and the ooze like falls in half and it looks like 16 damage is enough to kill one of these creatures but on a reaction from being hit uh it is going to lurch itself out uh using the remnants of a body to using the remnants of its body to attempt to hit eba if it hits eba it will do damage and it will gain some hit points back effectively no. not dying so it's going to um roll a hit or no eba needs to make a constitution saving throw but she's great at these. Oh. She's got a plus four to this. She needs to beat a 15. Holy shit, Eba got a 22. Hell yeah! Um, as the sort of blood, the blood ooze splatters on Eba and threatens to siphon some of her life force, she again, on a 22 very quick, like immediately starts uh, cleaning it off of herself and stamping out the sort of little oozes that are on the ground, threatening to like put themselves back together, just starts like, like stomping. No, fuck you! Yeah, so she starts stomping the shit out of the oozes on the ground to keep it from reforming itself, and ooze A is out. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, Eba. And then she's going to use her bonus action to heal herself. Hell yeah. Um, because God, I fucking need it, man. What level is she? So heal 1d10 plus 3 level hit points as a bonus action once between rests. Cool. 1d10 plus 3. So, sick, I got an 8. So 11. Uh, heal for 11 hit points. Hell yeah. Oh, I love that. Let's go Eva. And Eva heals herself using her hardened mountain blood to steal herself for battle. And that, I believe, will be her turn. Hell yeah. Which means we are going to move to... Ooze A is dead. So this is round number two. 
and we are going to move to Sparrow. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm going to use the obelisk uh, as an arcane focus, and I'm going to cast Ice Knife. Uh, oh, hell yeah. You said that it looks like there would be a bonus. Yeah, you'll just have to find out and see. Okay. So, Ice Knife, you create a shard of ice and fling it at one creature within range. Make a ranged spell attack against that creature. Uh, on, a tar- on a hit, the target takes 1d10 piercing damage. Hit or miss, the shard explodes. The target in each creature within 5 feet of the point where the ice exploded must make a dex saving throw or take 2d6 cold damage. I'm going to go for one uh, for, for C. Okay. <coughs> uh, that is going to be a 18. Does that hit? Uh, yeah, 18 does it. All right, so that's going to be 1d10 piercing damage. And then do I make a saving throw? Uh, You will in a second. What is that saving throw? Um, Is going to be... Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <coughs> Dex saving throw. My spell DC is 15. Uh, it, I got it takes... a 7. It's Hell got a yeah. minus two. It's a fucking ooze. So it's going to take, I rolled a 10 on the D10, and now we're going to roll 2D6 cold damage. Uh, and that's going to be six, seven, eight. So that's going to be 18 damage total. Wow. Um, yeah, using the, uh, essentially the obelisk as a one-time arcane focus, uh, instead of it sort of, the way I kind of imagine Ice Knife is it's just like, if anyone's seen Mortal Kombat like Sub-Zero where it's just like a mm-hmm. solid like yeah. like icicle that's basically just serrated on one end to be more of like a knife, uh, is you like form this this sort of giant sort of icicle and then throw it at the sort of center of mass for the ooze. Uh, a sort of large uh, black bolt of lightning follows the uh, the ice pick, and instead of just doing 18 lightning or 18 ice damage, it does an additional 18 lightning damage. Um, is it essentially becomes an electrified ice bolt, and um, as it freezes the ooze, you can see it sort of turn from gelatinous to solid, and then the uh, sort of boom that comes from the lightning shatters the ooze completely, and ooze C is out of the picture. Woo! That was sick as fuck. That and I'm was gonna use my sick as fuck. To uh, come back around next to Eva. I think fuck. <laughs> Ooh, boy. I'm back. I'm back. I just fucking exploded one of those fuckers. <coughs> That's sick. Uh, and that is my turn. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. It is now Uzbe. Uzbe going to attempt to. Well, let's see what Uzbe wants to hit. We'll go high, Eva. Um, low Sparrow. It's Sparrow. Bring it, bitch. Let's Tracy. Uh, 15. I rolled a 21. <laughs> oh. I'm going to hit. Wait. I'm going to do some damage. Actually, <laughs> y- yeah. No, bring it on. Um. Try it, bitch. Please must make a... Cool. There's going to be five bludgeoning damage. And then can I get a strength saving throw, please? DC 15. Yes. I, I'm I'm doing something. Also, I have a reaction. I believe you also get a plus one to this. Don't don't forget that. Oh, it doesn't matter. I rolled a nineteen. Oh, it does matter. We're good. We're chilling. Cool. The rest of it doesn't happen. You just take um, yeah. You just take five bludgeoning damage as this thing sort of uh, lashes out with part of its body. Ow. Yeah, but it just kind Make of make a deck like, saving throw. Just like shoves itself forward onto you and attempts to grapple you and fails. Deck saving throw. Yeah, 10. 
uh, that <laughs> fails. Uh, I'm going to use Hellish Rebuke at the second level. Yeah. Um, so that is going to be... Uh, you point your finger, and the creature that damaged you is momentarily surrounded by hellish flames. The creature must make a dexterity saving throw. It takes 2d10 fire damage on a failed save, or a half as much on a successful one. Uh, he is going to take uh, 13. Okay. 13. Okay. Am I still able to use the obelisk as an arcane focus? Uh, no. It seems as though the obelisk will need at least a couple of rounds to recharge. Okay. Before it can be used again. Uh, it is looking badly injured, but not um, dead. It is still sort of gelatinous and oozy and holding itself together. God damn it. And we move on to... This is our third round of combat, yes, or is this our second? Uh, did Eva go yet? Eva's going now. Uh, second. Okay. This is her second. Wonderful. Eva is going to go. It's going to square up with this thing. She is going to roll the hit with her Warhammer. Um, ooh, first one's a miss. Come on, Eva. Eva. Come on, Eva. Second one's a hit, though. Hell yeah. Um, so I'm going to roll a D8. And then I'm going to spend one of my superiority die, of which I have four of them. I'm going to spend one of my superiority die and move into a grapple check. So I'm going to go and roll my eight damage. D8, six, plus three, so nine. I'm realizing that this thing has more features than I thought it did, and I almost did a lot more damage than I was supposed to. Oh. Anyways, uh, Eva sort of swings, takes a large two-handed swing with her warhammer, uh, and the ooze manages to sort of like drop its body, but then as it moves low to sort of avoid the high swing, she immediately turns around and then sort of uh, drops from a two-handed stance to a one-handed stance and brings it crashing through the center uh, and then actually gets both of her arms around it, grabs it, and then, like, suplexes it back into the obelisk. Um, That's so much. It is a lot. <laughs> I am going to roll a strength Shouldn't check on Shouldn't this thing both. be dead? It's about to be. Uh, <laughs> and it fails the strength check or the opposed strength check to not be grappled by Eva. And it is going to take an additional seven damage, which is exactly how much it needs to die. Hell yeah! Uh, Eva picking up on their weakness to the obelisk, knowing she was not going to be able to kill it, uh, takes the grapple, and then using the rest of her movement, essentially does like a reverse shove action and throws it into the lightning, like the charged lightning obelisk. Uh, and upon contact, it just basically explodes uh, and shatters uh, into uh, crystalline oozy bits. I'm about to sneeze. Don't do that. You ruined it. Yeah, I ruined it. Get Ooh, and that is the end of our second round of combat. All end of our of, oozes are dead. End of combat. Not end of combat. Um, no, not end of combat. As you oh. and Eva take a breath, now that it is the beginning of the third round of combat, another three oozes uh, three? begin to form around the map. Um, as whatever is spurring their conjuration is not slowing down. God damn it. Um, give me a Arcana check, and Ema's going to roll nature. Uh, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Wonderful. Ema rolls a 15, 21, 15, I'll take it. Um, magically, these things are definitely being not necessarily like summoned as if by like a user but some sort of magical force under the ground is like turning inanimate objects into like sick and twisted creatures and based on the surge Fucking of power tiresome bitch 
probably tiresome based on the surges of lightning and all of the power. Uh, the oozes are going to most likely continue to naturally manifest themselves potentially into like an endless wave. Um, and Eba on a 15 is basically noticing the same thing. This is like a naturally occurring resource in the bog. Uh, and unless the magical energy in the area itself is expended or stopped, they are going to continue to manifest themselves. Okay. I forgot to roll wild magic surges. Also, now that is the beginning of the third round of combat. Um, the fire has now spread up, um, spread completely up the rope, and is threatening to um, leap to the Imperius. Jesus. Okay. Um, is it my turn? Technically, it is your turn. Oh. Well, I mean, I need to roll initiative for these three things, so let's see. Unless one of them does roll higher than you. Get fucked. Uh, How? <laughs> natural 20. No! 18, natural 20, natural 1. Yep. Well, someone goes after Eba. Yep. Okay. Who's A is going to take its turn. 5, 10, 15, 20. That is just enough to hit. Stupid fucks. Friendly neighborhood sparrow. It misses. Misses fucking wildly on a two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can't touch On a me. natural two, it absolutely goes nowhere. So the newly formed life just takes a fucking slug. Ha ha, you're a fucking newborn. She's like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like moans in response. It's a blood ooze Bambi. Yeah, has no idea what's being said. It's just like, Ugh. Cool. Um, uh, I kind of want to do something ballsy. All right. What? Ballsy. So there's a fire. There is a fire. On the, the rope. rope. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to put out a fire. Nope. But you know what? I do have a knife. Oh, are we going to throw this knife? I'm thinking. What <laughs> if I... What? It can come back. The knife? No. Oh, the, the Imperius? Yeah. Yeah, in theory it could come back. Cool. I mean, you'll have to wait until the storm goes away. Yeah, I can live with that. We're supposed to get in anyway. Right, yeah, you're it's supposed to break in. Help. Yeah. I'm going to use my crossbow and I'm going to try to shoot it. Wonderful. Um, uh, as you pull out your crossbow, Eba notices this and then also puts her hand on hers um, and just basically, there's nothing said in combat. This is more of just like sort of a knowing look. She does have a plus three to ranged attack, so if you want to spend your turn doing something else, Eba is more than willing to use one of her. She has two attacks. She's more than willing to use one of her attacks to hit this and has a higher chance of hitting it. I have a plus four. Okay. I mean, she has a plus six. Okay. Well, I'll let her do that then. Um, then I'm going to, is, does the obelisk look like it's able to charge again? Um, yes it does. Cool. I'm going to use chaos bolts. Wonderful. Uh, and I'm going to aim for, God, this one. <coughs> I wish they're not close enough for me to be able to hit them with a double attack from ice knife. They're not within five feet, correct? No, they're just outside of, yeah, they would need to be one more closer to each other. Ugh. I know, okay. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I guess I'll go for that one. All right, you're going to chaos bolt it? Yeah, cool. using the obelisk. Yeah, which yeah. Which is so overkill, because I can kill these things without it, but... <laughs> yeah, they don't have that much health. Uh, That's going to be a, a 13 plus 7. Yeah, it does it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, awesome damage. So, chaos bolt is going to be you hurl an un... Uh, uh, I'm basically going to take these two D8s um, and... One of them, uh, I'm going to choose uh, Daisy Damage or Dragon type. Fruit. Uh, we'll say Daisy. 
the daisy dice is going to determine the damage type on this chart of one through eight, and then it's going to take an additional d6 uh, damage. So I'm going to roll that real quick. Hell yeah. All right. It's going to be a three, so it's going to be fire damage. Um, and it's going to take, I rolled a three on one, I rolled a six, and I rolled another three. So that's going to be a total of 12 <coughs> fire damage. Um, I did not get doubles on the D8s, so I'm not able to get it to leap. That is okay. But you still use the obelisk. Um, again, this time instead of you watch as your chaos bolt... I also uh, need to roll two wild magic searches real quick. Yeah, the chaos bolt um, is almost like... It's it's definitely a bonus to do double the damage, but what's happening to your magic is like almost perverse. Like the black lightning is not just changing the kind of damage; it is almost like warping your spells to become more um, more intense, more powerful, more destructive. Uh, and instead of just being sort of a red uh, like bolt of fire, it is almost like a uh, fiery black lightning bolt that instead leaps from your hands uh, and fries this thing completely. But because you are at the end of five feet, I'm going to need a constitution saving throw, DC 13, to see if this thing is going to be able to land on you in its dying moments. Uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, plus a 16 from that fucking rock. From the rock, yep. Uh, sick, you sidestep all of the smoky bits that blow, this thing just blows into fucking smoky chunks, uh, and you, ah. not a single ounce of it touches you. It dies completely. Thank God. Wonderful. It is now going to be... Uh, there's no point for me to move. Not really. Um, go ahead and give me a perception check, though. Speaking of movement. Oh, yeah. Um, for my like free check or object interaction, um, I'd like to see if there's a way into the obelisk. It's funny you should ask. That's exactly what I'm having you do a check for. Hell yeah. Uh, I just had a fucking stroke. Uh, 17. Just behind where Ooze B is standing, um, sort of that cliff area between two and four, um, is a basically a giant crevasse that has opened up that seems to lead deeper into the ground below, big enough for at least one body to fit through at a time. All right. Uh, Eba, yes. Crevice, ahead, go. <laughs> I'm going to shoot the rope first. Oh, and then yeah, I will, yeah, uh, yeah. Then do that I, first. Do that first. And I will be in after you. Perfect. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and move five, 10, 15, 20. Yep, and then you can just like slide in. Oh, perfect. Cool. I'm able to get in. Wonderful. It is now going to be Uzbe's turn. It is going to run up to Ebon swing. That is a hit. God damn. I hope she's okay. I just realized I kind of left. Yeah, you just dipped. Two. I mean, she also told you to go. Like, you're you're chilling. Um, just six damage. Nothing crazy. <clears throat> she's actually going to take one of her reactions for the day and reduce that by 1d12, which is a little overkill, but whatever. Jesus. Actually, you know what? No, she's not, because the fuck... We <laughs> could just take a nap take inside. Six damage. Yeah, it's she's fun. just going to we'll take six snacks. damage. Cool. Uh, it's sort of like... The oozes basically like turn parts of their body hard and then like fling them at people. So it just Ew. kind of like throws a bunch of serrated, hardened like ooze crystals at her. And she like sticks up a thick bracer uh, and like clink, clink, clink. They all just kind of click into her bracer, but still do a little bit of damage. Um, it is now going to be Eva's turn. All right. She is going to take a shot at the rope. Uh, we will say that this rope has a, I'm going to say AC of 10, but because she needs to hit it. Closer to the um, like the airship itself, we're gonna mm -hmm. say fifteen. 
just uh, the five for distance. She is going to have a plus... With the way she rolls, I should have given her my fucking a plus rock. eight with her longbow. Switch to her longbow with her free object interaction. Um, and that is a 16. Perfect. Eva is going to hit a 16 <coughs> and just barely uh, immediately switches to her longbow, ignoring the ooze in front of her, takes a knee, and then sort of closes one eye, smirks a little bit knowing she's going to hit the shot, and then lets the arrow fly uh, and clips sort of the, the top of the rope where uh, Lorita is basically like frantically trying to figure out a way to get it off. Uh, severs the rope, doesn't make it to the airship, and uh, the Imperius begins to drift off in the storm. Um, ah. It is now going to take 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. She has one more turn until she can get out. Oh, fuck. And unfortunately, Uzbi is going to take an attack of opportunity. Uzbi misses. Uzbi misses. Thank God. Uh, she has one more turn that she needs to spend before she can get into the crevasse. Well, uh, she go, like backs up. Am I still able to stay in the initiative order? Um, no. You're down. But she does have a second attack, so she's going to go and roll that. Yeah, she's going to miss, unfortunately. Um, just barely. She got a fucking natural one. Eva. And our last ooze is going to go 5, 10, 15, 20. They only have 20 feet of movement speed, so we're, sorry. We're chilling. We're chilling. Can't hit her. Top of initiative order. Round I do just want to say, this is the dice that I went on the rant last time. It was like they can never roll well. Uh, for allies. We're on round number four. You're an ally right now, and you're I'm rolling aware, shit. Aware. I'm aware. Uzbi is gonna roll up, try to hit her. It's gonna miss. We're chilling. We're chilling. And Eva's not even gonna. In? Eva's not even gonna take the fucking time. She is going to uh, just fully, uh, not stumble back, but she's basically just kind of like drop behind and then like sort of twist and then slide down. Okay. Um, and y'all are into the crevasse. Hell yeah. And that is where we are going to call today's session. We are just at the two-hour mark, unfortunately, so we're going to have to wait and see what happens next as Eva and Sparrow descend into the dark crevasse underneath the obelisk of death and doom. Ooh, And the bog of blood, the scab. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to part one of two parts for the season finale of Table Talk. Join us for part two of our season one finale as we finish up Eva and Sparrow's first uh, uh, hopefully many one-shot adventures. And if we planned this right and edited correctly, uh, both part one and part two should be out at the exact same time. So you do not have to wait an entire week to listen to the other two hours worth of content uh, that we recorded. That's so. our, our uh, season finale gift to you. Yep, four hours of content, probably closer to four and a half. All at once, oh on the same God. day. That's exhausting to hear. Exciting oh my God. stuff. Thank you all for turning in for part one. Talk to you later. See you soon.